Yeah, Mo Tony Mai, do stay with us. You're listening to Checkpoint on RNZ National. Well, joining us now is National Party leader and incoming Prime Minister Christopher Luxon. Kia ora and congratulations. Kia ora, Lisa. How are you today? I'm very well. How have you celebrated? A can of what? Soda pop? <laughs> no, Extra not yet, weak actually. Bits? <laughs> Extra week fix, exactly. Uh, no, it's just been all go, actually, for the last few weeks, as you could imagine, and today's been no different. So I am actually looking forward to um, getting home tonight uh, and actually um, uh, having a good sleep would actually be helpful, um, I think. <laughs> OK, let's start with Deputy Prime Ministers. Was it a coin yep. toss to decide who got to go first? Oh, it's pretty straightforward, really. I mean, we've had a strong convention that the role of the deputy is held by the coalition partner. Uh, we're making history in this case because we've got three parties in coalition government and two coalition partners. So um, we agreed that actually we'll split the job, um, one half being done by Mr Peters in the first half and, and Mr Seymour doing the second half. How come he got the first half, Winston Peters? He's the smallest party. Oh, look, it didn't really matter who went first or second, frankly, um, and both were magnanimous about it. We just had, had to have someone go first and someone had to go second, so um, I wouldn't get too hung up on that. Um, I think what's important is both are going to do the role exceptionally well, um, and um, I think it's important that two coalition partners, we can actually, given what we're doing here and doing something unique and different, we can do something unique and different on the Deputy Prime Ministership as well. It's perfect timing for him, though, isn't it? He gets the gains at the start of the, um, the term, and then he gets to separate himself from you closer to the election. Oh, look, I don't think we're that cynical. Uh, I think what we're more interested in is making sure we form a strong and stable government, and that's what we've done, I think, incredible, uh, an incredibly good job, frankly, over 20 days to, to go through all the policy detail, to agree ways of working, to put the right people in the right places, and um, now it's about going forward and, and changing the country and getting it moving forward. You regularly described New Zealand First in the campaign as a last resort, and of Winston Peters you said, quote, I don't want to deal with him. You also warned people of the risks of putting him back into government. So now, how can you assure people this is going to be a strong and stable government, given those comments? Well, look, I mean, we've gone through a process over the 20 days, which I think is quite remarkable. Um, you haven't had a situation before where you've got three parties and coalition government in New Zealand. It's quite common in MMP environments around the world. It took us 20 days. We went through line item by line item of everyone's election manifesto. In that process, you get to know each other more. You get a sense of where you're coming from and an and understanding of each other. Uh, and I actually think we've put together a very strong and stable government. We've thought about it deeply. We dealt with the policy issues first and foremost, squared those off, dealt with the um, you know conflict resolution issues and ways of working, uh, and dealt with those. And then we dealt finally with the uh, ministerial appointments. So were you wrong about him before? And given this process, you've now found out he's a totally different person to what you thought? Well, no, what I said at the time was that we're in an MMP environment. Uh, the New Zealand people are never wrong. They deliver an election result on election night. And I said very clearly who I'd work with and who I wouldn't. And that's what we've done. And I think we've uh, come together incredibly well that's what, okay. to give good government. Okay, so what's your top two KPIs for measuring whether you have indeed delivered strong and stable government? Well, we've got to get the economy uh, actually delivering for New Zealanders. That means getting the cost of living down, getting inflation under control. That will drive interest rates down. That will get the economy growing. That will you know, not put at risk any unemployment. So interest uh, rates and sure inflation, are they going to be your top two measures of success for this government? Yeah, well, we've got four, four really goals in this government. The first is getting our economy rebuilt. The second is actually, you know, you know, dealing with law and order. And the third is actually delivering better public services. And the fourth is strengthening democracy. New Zealand first, is it the winner in this deal? Is it batting above its weight, given the ministerial positions inside Cabinet, outside the undersecretaries and the policy gains it's made? Is it the winner? No, no, no. We don't think about it in those terms, and that hasn't been the focus of any of the three parties. Um, largely the appointments Other are... Other people might, though, think about it in that way. So did you give too much away in this? 
No, every party got um, the core of what they were interested in um, through the, in the, to the policy program. If you think about it from the National Party perspective, you know, we got uh, commitment to our tax plan, our fiscal plan, our economic plan, our 100-day plan, and our pledge card. If you think about it from the ACT perspective, they got their critical priorities away, and the same with New Zealand First. Well, one of your core policies was a tax package, right? Mm-hmm. Back pocket boost. And in order to get that was the foreign buyers tax. You didn't have, mm-hmm. you've not got that anymore. So where is that money coming from? Yeah, well, look, as we tried to explain before the election, um, we have built buffer into our tax plan. We collect a lot more money in the first two years than it actually costs us. Um, and over the course of the actual negotiations that we've been through, the actual changes that we've made around policy and the mixes of what the policy has eventuated as our program uh, means that there is actually some some gains in terms of um, further savings. Or so but you're going to have to make more cuts, aren't you, to raise that? Because no, the whole point of a buffer is all. that you've got a buffer. If you spend the buffer, yeah. you don't have one. Not at all, but that's why you know, if you think about things like moving fees-free, for example, from first year to third year, that generates savings. If you think about actually Temporary, on... though, aren't they? They're temporary savings because you've got to pay for the fees in the third year. Sure, but what I'm just trying to give you is a sense of, the, you know, the foreign buyer ban, you know, was actually just one of eight mechanisms by which we actually were funding our tax relief. Before yeah. we inter- entered the negotiations, we had built buffer into our tax plan, also into our fiscal plan. Uh, and we've got lots of other, you know, we've, we're not, can- we're not, not going to be repealing the app tax. We won't be progressing at this stage, the 2026 uh, working for families uh, credits. Um, and so, you know, so the package all, is not going to be message- as good as you promised. No, the package is going to be exactly as we delivered to New Zealanders. So everyone listening to your show can know that the income tax relief we promised low and middle income New Zealanders, exactly as we talked about it, and the amounts that we talked about is going to be happening. Are there going to be more job cuts? Um, um, well, what we're going to be is making sure that we deliver our, our, our 6.5% savings out of the public service that we talked about before the election. That remains unchanged. Uh, as we've said, we'll be briefing the CEOs in. Uh, already many of them have started working on it already to say, actually, how do they generate those savings? Stop the, the dumb activity we don't want to support anymore. Uh, make sure that you don't fill vacancies that exist. Uh, and importantly, yes, give, give some thought to your headcount. Have you got the right levels? At the risk of being a mathematical moron, I want to go back to this tax package, right? So you're losing your foreign buyer's tax, the income from that. You have made some concessions to act in terms of um, rent and interest deductibility, which means you're not going to have the same level of income. And you've made oh, a significant policy. Yep. You've made a significant policy um, uh, overture to New Zealand First in this infrastructure fund, which is $1.2 billion, right? So yeah, well, let's, I, I let's... don't understand where you're getting all your money from. <laughs> well, if you understood our tax plan and our fiscal plan that we talked about before the election, big buffers in our tax plan, as I said, but also big buffers in our capital expenditure and our fiscal plan. And so the $1.2 billion of regional infrastructure is a good example of what we've done through the negotiations. Both um, National and ACT, uh, we had a policy called City and Regional Deals about investing in infrastructure in in regional New Zealand. Um, This is a capital expenditure budget, so it has to be expended on capital. It has to be owned by the Crown, and therefore a lot of it will end up in regional roads, I suspect, uh, which is exactly where we want it to get to. So uh, all of that is a good example of where we say, yep, actually that's something that we're all up for in some form or another. The mechanism by which we wanted to deliver it would be different, but actually um, it's got good checks and balances around it. It's it's only on capital. It's only able to be used uh, on on core critical infrastructure. So a couple of quick things because we are running out of time. do you are you under any obligation should you sack any ministers to replace them from the parties you've taken them from in the first place? 
Um, look, we'll look at that at the time if that, were, if that was to ever eventuate. But I think we've got some very good ministers who are going to be very focused on delivering outcomes. Um, I think we've right. got the right people on the right assignments with good skills, abilities and experiences. You seem to have fewer portfolios than some other prime ministers. Is that because you're going to be the chief you know, people person in managing the coalition? Um, I don't think my portfolios are any different from what you know, Prime Minister Hipkins had um, in terms of responsibilities. But you know, what I want to make sure is that this government is delivering. And so you know, every quarter, I want to be making sure that there's progress happening. And where there's not, I want to get alongside that minister and make sure that that is the case. Um, so um, you know, it enables me to have a bit more of a roving role. But actually, to be honest, it's no different from the previous Prime Minister. OK, a date, please, for the mini-budget before we go. Um, we're going to link it to Haifu, so that'll come in before Christmas. Um, and what it will be is it, it will be a mini budget in the sense of any sensible um, decisions that we can take before before Christmas, um, we will. Uh, obviously, the big budget will happen in May, but any adjustments we need to make, we'll do it then. Thank you for your time. Look forward to talking to you again once you've sworn in. That is Christopher Luxon, the incoming Prime Minister.